was like forever. Like ever go, ever and ever. All right. You're listening to Rhino Riders podcast. And this is the word. This is episode one. This is a show that fights the tear down that alluring curtain of Hollywood. It talks about what life is really like living in Los Angeles and being an independent filmmaker. Um, I am your host, Ryan McCoy. Let's get started. So this is episode one. The title of this episode is This Is My Why. Um, since this is the first episode, I'm going to give you a little bit about my background, um, who I am, where I'm from, uh, what I'm going to talk about, why I decided to start this podcast, slash internet show, why to um, dive into this. I'm going to talk about my recent diagnosis of being bipolar, my mental breakdown I had almost, well, actually it's going to be a year ago to the day that this show is going to be launched, which I'm very proud of. How it changed my life forever and how I'm now stronger and on a, on a new path of, of enlightenment and unstoppability, really. Um, with me in the room here is uh, Josh Boyer. Um, hey. Josh is my friend. Uh, and a business partner and somebody I admire and respect very much. Um, <laughs> he's going to chime in um, when needed um, while I just uh, kind of go through the show and what we're going to talk about, right? All right. Um, so right now, this is the normally the opportunity where I would uh, plug a sponsor that sponsor right now is nobody because I didn't really go out and try to find one <laughs> or ask. But if you'd like to be a sponsor, this is where I would give you a well-written plug for whatever it is or whomever it is that is sponsoring the show. Um, the format of the show or of each episode, I'm going to highlight three topics under the subject of whatever I'm talking about um, in the episode. Today, three topics. Um, number one, like I said, is my background. Number two, my bipolar. And number three, my new beginning. So let's get jumped into topic one. Um, let's see. I was born in Everett, Washington, 1980. Um, youngest of three. I have an older brother, five years older. Uh, sister is 10 years older. Um, my parents got split up uh, or separated, you know, when I was like eight or nine. Um, Dad wasn't around too much before. Basically, my point is I spent a lot of time by myself, <laughs> right? Um, going out, playing in the woods. Uh, Legos were my jam, for sure. Um, but like looking back, when I look back, you know, to those times, um, I can see a where my creativity come came from, and uh, also being raised basically by my mom, just me and her, because my my siblings were so much older that by the time, you know, I was seven or eight, they were nearing high school and or in high school and stuff like that. So, 
um, I just I spent a lot of time fucking building shit, creating and telling and, and uh, telling stories from a young age, even before I picked up my first camera. You know. Um, I can remember pretty significantly um, how movies, once I discovered movies, they became this like, this magical thing for me, All right? It was like, you know what it is? I've been thinking about this. You know what it was? Movies have never disappointed me. Like there's bad movies, right? Yeah. But like the spirit of what movies can do has never let me down ever. Like and and so let me go back. So the reason that I I can put this together and I know this now is that I remember my grandfather I have a very weird um time dealing with death. When my grandfather died, I was like my parents had just split up so like 8 9 something like that, you know what I mean? And um and uh, where he was at the hospital, he's in the hospital for months and stuff like that. And I was asleep, like on the bed next to him. He, he you know, had passed away. He was in like a coma, whatever. But he like actually passed away um, when I was asleep. And a strange thing, I'll, I'll because this, uh, I'm gonna talk about uh, get some spiritual, you know, I'm gonna gonna get spiritual at least um, on this on this episode especially. Um, but I remember right before I woke up, I had this dream, or not a dream. It was like a it was like a visitation. It was uh, his wife died. I never met her. Like you know, so she died like literally like the year before I was born or whatever. And um, and she fucking came to me, like in my dream, asleep. Like I'm here to take grandpa. And I woke up and he was gone. And my brother was like sobbing over his body. My brother took a lot of guilt, to, you know, or at least he did at the time, I think. My mom obviously upset. And it was just the three of us, I think, in the room. And he was dead. And that was the first time any, like, I dealt with death, you know what I mean? Ever. And it, I mean, I loved him and he was great, but like, it's not like he was like those old stories of like, oh, that great, you know my grandpa like i would always ride and sit on his lap and you know what i mean shit like that it was just he lived in texas and then for the last couple of years moved we had to move him up for like health reasons but um but he died and then you know we were there for an hour whatever however long it was and then you go home and it's like two in the morning or three in the morning or something like that i had built a fort out of the couches like cushion you know like in the living room put together this like big like bed you know thing that was right in front of the tv and so i went down there and you know my brother's in his room and my mom was like doing the dishes and i uh i was like well what do i do now like my that's dead you know <laughs> what do i do now so um i remember going upstairs and asking my mom permission if it was okay to watch a movie because I didn't know what else to do. And sh and I was like, is that is that like disrespectful? You know what I mean? Like he's literally died like hours ago and I wanted to watch a fucking movie. And she said, no, absolutely not. Go right ahead. And so I remember I watched fucking Empire Strikes Back. 
watch Empire Strikes Back. Like, of course I watched Empire Strikes Back. It's the best fucking Star Wars movie ever. Um, uh, so, yeah, I picked, I picked the best and the one that just, you know, makes me escape. And so looking back on it, it's fucking crazy to see where I am at now, what I'm doing with my life, what I, you know, like my passion, everything. And I'm able to go back and be like, they've always been there. Stories have been how I fucking escaped. That's what like raised me. That's what saved me. You know, if I was fucking miserable or sad or somebody died or whatever, I went and watched a movie. It made me feel better. So, um, I just recently like kind of, I think discovered that. Um, so basically, you know, I don't want to go through a fucking life story. I'm writing a book right now, which doesn't actually involve the, the early childhood either. So it's not very important. You know, basically, I, I put it this way. Like, I didn't have a very hard time in high school. Like, I'm 6'2", I'm white, I'm a pretty damn good-looking son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, a quarterback, high school quarterback, captain of the football team. Like, Not to toot my own horn. Not to toot my own <laughs> horn. Um, but I was a fucking piece of shit. Like, I was such a piece of shit. So, anyway, um, I just always wanted to make movies my entire life. You know, that's, like, literally the only thing I gave a sh I truly gave a shit about. I was just naturally good at, like, other stuff. You know what I mean? And my brother, five years older than me, exceptionally good at it. Taller, way bigger more success in football same position i got i do you know the reason i got picked or, or i moved to quarterback i was a wide receiver first which by the way i think i could have gotten a college scholarship as a wide receiver um it was like seventh grade football and uh we needed a backup quarterback and because my brother was one of the one of our coaches was um was also coaching at the high school <laughs> And so he said, and and my brother was was playing quarterback in high school, in like his senior year. And so he said, Ryan's gonna, you know, his brother's quarterback, he can play quarterback. And I was like, what? And I remember, like, dude, I couldn't get it. It took me forty tries to fucking catch the snap. Like I was like super nervous. So like, you know, I grew, you know, but like I said, like I just naturally was just like athletics were good to me, and athletics were what I got uh, praised for and accolades for, you know. Most we talked about this on the fucking drive over here from my dad. I've been I've, I've been working my entire life, you know, trying to please my dad. Anytime I I was telling Josh from the car right up here. Anytime I made it like a little movie or you know, fucking stop motion, you know, with Legos and stuff like that, pretty advanced shit for like a eight year old, um, and showed him. I never got the the you know. It was always like, it was like, oh, the fucking camera shaky, or, ah, you know, that's stupid, or, oh, why'd you do that? Why? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just being creative, and this is the only way I know how. So, where are we at on time? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Jesus, I'm only 12 minutes in. So let me uh, let me let me go back um, a little bit. Go back right before high school, and I'll, I'll tell you where um, 
I'll tell you what pushed me through through college, because I did go to film school and stuff, and that's what the show was about. It was about movies and Hollywood and filmmaking and everything like that. So I should probably talk about that. I want to bring it up. <laughs> Seventh grade, um, teacher's name was Mrs. Williamson, and the last like class of the day would she had us do creative writing and like everybody fucking hated it um but like i loved it you know and then like we'd sit down for like 40 minutes and write a story any story you want like you know and while everybody else was writing like you know two page five page whatever stories i'm writing like 30 40 50 page <laughs> you know huge stories aliens taking over kids bodies and fucking all this you know stuff um and but she would she would read them and like give her honest feedback on it you know what i mean and um i remember well because my mom worked at the church which was connected to the school i went to catholic school private school for you know nine years k through eight and um So I would sometimes after school got out, school got out like 2.30, right? And my mom got off work at 5, so I would just uh, hang around the fucking school, dude, and like roam the hallways and just like fun stuff. <laughs> but Mrs. Williamson would be after, and I would sit down and talk to her a little bit more, and, you know, she'd give me like real notes and encouraging. Like, this story's great. This story's great. So she did a lot for me. So um, that's got me you know that was like okay I, I can write um that's cool never really thought about pursuit like i didn't write like at home and shit like that you know what i mean i only wrote in that class but i just knew i really liked it and actually what i started to do because we had this little camcorder fucking mini vhs <laughs> thing that and oh here's a funny thing here's a funny thing i don't know like my parents like at that time when they bought the camera like you know they were already like done basically you know what i mean a couple years away from from like divorce and stuff like that i had no clue absolutely zero um and i have no reason or, or I, I i had no idea why all of a sudden they're like yeah dad bought a camera camcorder and i was like what why we never went on family vacations like we didn't you know what i mean we like there's like eight pictures as a kid i feel like it just it wasn't our thing and so they bought this camcorder and i remember feeling like i think they bought this for me like me was this like their sign of like they knew i wanted to make movie you know what i mean like it was like i really 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 remember it, it was something really special because i took to that camera like a fucking fish to water and nobody else in the family did it like nobody, I went through the manual. I learned every filter, every effect. I like stretched it to the, and it had like just the dumbest shit. But I was like, oh, if I go to this, it makes everything look red. I'll make that look like the POV of an alien. You know what I mean? Use that effect, like fucking anything. I was like, <laughs> I was like MacGyver with the, the, with the shit. And it had this like, the, the lens was here but the camera could tilt, so you could turn it back to face yourself, and then it would like switch in camera and stuff, which is funny, because all of our phones do that now. Um, but yeah, man, I just felt like, I, I had no idea why they got me this, this 
or why they got this camcorder, but I fucking took to it and I just I just started doing it. And like I said, nobody else, nobody touched it. There are like zero home movies of us, you know, from it. And, and um, it was crazy, but I had a camera. So then once I found like, oh, these stories are entertaining in like seventh, eighth grade, you know, I was like, well, I'll just film this story. And so me and my friends, it started like seventh, eighth grade. And we were like, I was making like, putting together like 10, 15 minute little movies, just cutting in camera, start, okay, get that, stop, start, okay, stop. Um, and so then, um, but obviously athletics and sports, I was just, I was raised with it because my brother, you know, in his path, I was just, I was following along in the same path. I got fucking picked to play quarterback because he was quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I went, um, so then high school came and, uh, I, I fucking, I had a breeze, right? Like I told you, I played quarterback, did that, you know, athletics, just followed my all the teachers knew me I got away with so much shit I got away with anything I fucking wanted because I was Sean McCoy's little brother for at least the first few years you know what I mean and it was just fucking I mean I look back on it and I'm I, I pissed I like I'm like makes me mad at like who I was in high school and you know actually my entire life <laughs> most of it um But instead of going out and partying and drinking like everybody, all my friends would do, all the popular kids, you know what I mean, all my football friends, stuff like that, I'd make movies or watch movies or play video games with, you know, I Danny Luxmore, fucking, we were like at the hip, inseparable, you know? And um, so out of four years of high school, two semesters each year, I took video production class, which is the only class offered that was anything remotely uh, remotely found interesting, like literally. Every single other class I ever took in high school, I could have given two fucks about. But video production, I took it seven out of eight semesters. And I would have taken it eight, but as a freshman going in, you uh, couldn't take video production. You had to do, you know what I mean? Like whatever, six ones. Um, and that's when I discovered Mr. Corbett. And let me tell you about Mr. Corbett. I, I saw in him, this is at like 14, 15 years old. I, I, I distinctly remember it, right? And I remember being like nervous to meet him and like, take his class because I was the only freshman in the class you know what I mean but they were like you know juniors and most everybody took it as like it's an easy A you know what I mean I can fuck around with the camera and put there there was some really <laughs> some clever uh, shit that came out but like like nobody like wanted to make movies and I was like oh this is like movie this is like film school class you know my senior year I'll, I'll get back to what I was going to but my senior year <laughs> like the last semester out of six periods in the day I fucking shit you not go back and ask my friends I slept five out of six periods and video productions was the last period and I'd wake up and be like okay yay I get to go do that I didn't give a shit and like I was sleeping head down on my desk um, like right in front of the teacher like just not giving a fuck 
because I would I knew you know like whatever like uh, what's going to happen I'm not going to graduate no that wasn't you know because I was like jock and it just didn't hit my head so I didn't care at all about any other fucking class and it was Mr. Corbin he taught me in each one so going back to that that first that first time I took his class and I was intimidated as fuck like super intimidated you know like not only were the other kids like physically bigger than me but also like way you know they were playing varsity football and like i'm like this little kid and i'm taking video production why you know um but i remember when he like encouraged me it was different than how everybody else would encourage me what I mean by that is that, like, you know, my brother had known him and, and they had f formed a, a bond and a, a friendship, you, you know what I mean? And so I was kind of going into that again. I was following in my brother's, you know, footsteps and just like, oh, this is a breeze, kind of coasting, coasting. Of course I'm going to get praised. I'm Ryan fucking McCoy. You know what I mean? I'm Sean McCoy's little brother. Like, of course I'm going to get praised. <laughs> So, but when he saw something in me, dude, he just fucking saw talent. And he was like, Rhino, you need to go to fucking Hollywood. You need to go to LA. And nobody had ever, you know, given me that type of encouragement or even thrown it as like, as an, put it up as an offer, as an idea, you know what I mean? Like, do you understand what, like, I mean, you're small town. I mean, everybody out here has their story. You know, I guess this is my LA story, you know, whatever. But, like, I just want to, I want to try to, like, hit really hard on the point that, like, like, the power a human being has through their words or actions to forever influence the life of another human being is pretty fucking incredible. Like when you break it down like that, that's fucking incredible, right? Yes, Josh, I'm looking at you. I need <laughs> I'm some reassurance. On this. Yes. That's like incredible, right? Well, I mean, like you said, uh, there's been many movies that have changed my life or changed my perspective on something. So, he, that's all I needed though. That's all, I, you know the funny thing about me? I only need one person to think it's a good idea for me to fucking run with something. You actually need that one? Normally I just need one. <laughs> I just need one. I, like, I write a fucking, you know, 100-page screenplay. I'm cursing a lot. I write a 100-page screenplay, 150-page screenplay, and, uh, and I, you know, I just need one person to read it and be like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I got it, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, it's good. So now I can hammer it, refine it, you know, like go and make it, whatever, something like that. Um, so, so that's all I needed. I mean, it was it was game over. And he told me this my freshman year, like the first time I took the class, and I was like, okay, well, if you th if you think so, then I will. So he became like my mentor, and. Um, and like my sophomore year, the second year, I was like, I want to fucking make a movie. And so, and this is like VHS tape. Like, I mean, old, old tape to tape editing. If you don't know, if you're a youngster out there and you're listening, basically what it was is two VCRs 
with VHS. You have to explain what a VCR. Yeah, it's a VHS cassette tape. Google it. Um, You would have the raw footage on one deck. You would hit play, and on the other deck, you'd have a blank tape, and you'd hit play and record, and then you'd stop, and then that's how you edited. Um, And um, so I got super ambitious, as I tend to do. Josh, you know (laughs) that. Well, it's not like you only picked the hardest industry in the world to make. The hardest, and I I fucking decided to do as much as I can. Yeah, we're good. Uh, so, uh, so I got fucking super ambitious, and so I was like, "I'm gonna make a fucking movie," and I made. It's called Dark Knights, <laughs> and it's it's about uh, two hitmen who uh, get a job to go shoot the scientist at this house. Um, they shoot him from afar, they snipe him, but he's not dead. So when they go to investigate, all of a sudden these zombies come out. And they're like, holy shit. And there's like, dude, there's like a 12-minute action sequence. I'm not joking. Like, eight different locations. Like, zombies coming out, you know. It's like, I would use the same zombies. And these are all just like my friends and stuff. Again, I'm sure a, a lot of people have done this. Everybody in the film industry. But it's just fun thinking about them. Because um, uh, I made an hour and six minute long movie. Like, that's insane. Nobody. I didn't know anybody anybody like adults i didn't know adults that had done that nobody you know so i was like super 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 proud of myself and like my friends thought it was dope as shit you know and we had like a viewing party and we were all there and you know eating alfie's pizza and stuff and like watching it's like oh there's cronin oh there's casey yeah you know oh that was so funny when we were doing that um it was like a big hit and it took me it took me um, because I had to do other shit, like, I didn't want to do, really, deep down. Like, athletics, sports, I didn't, you know, I didn't really care. My heart wasn't in it. Go to school. Record any other school, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or, or, homework, are you kidding me? I hated homework. Like, never did it. Just all that stuff. I didn't care. Um, and I was alone. I lived with my mom. It was me and her. By this time in high school, it was just me and her. And my mom just pouring out positivity you know and like reinforcement yet going through a difficult time in her life looking back now I, I can you know identify that but um and and me not knowing me being oblivious to it so my mom and I didn't have like a super tight let's talk let's have these amazing emotional talks type relationship she was just my fucking biggest fan she was just a cheerleader that I would like okay sweet i am the best looking person in the world i am the greatest like every single movie i do is cool oh it's cool if i dude so (laughs) tell you a story about this one i lit this um like for the climax of this movie like right the alien body whatever um is dead and so the our hero pours gasoline on him like it's on fire so i took gasoline in the driveway without my mom's downstairs inside the house watching tv I light the entire driveway on fire, <laughs> and and then when I finished editing the movie and stuff, I was like, I was like really proud to show her. And so I was like, Mom, you want to see? And she watches. She gets to the end. She's like, Is that gas? Is that my driveway? Oh my god! <laughs> but I was like, and I and I I said it's easier to uh, 
ask for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. And that is like my code in t as a fucking filmmaker. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So anyway, um, high school was super creative. And then basically what happened for the next... Oh, well, I went to fucking Art Institute. And... Um, I guess I guess I can go there. We got time, right? You're on. Thirty minutes in. So let me get to college. So after high school, my dad um, didn't want, or like I said, I wanted to move to LA and go make movies. He said, "I want you to go to a university." Her, his words. Um, so I went to the same college that shocker my brother went to to do the same follow you know the easy path um and so i did that didn't turn out very well i got kicked out suspended you know like after the first year um and then just like fucked around for a couple years and then when i was like 20 my friend danny luxmore we were kind of, you know, we kind of separated a bit, as all friendships do. Um, he was like, let's go to Art Institute in Seattle, and uh, you can go to college for film. And I was like, two birds with one stone. I get to go to college, make my dad happy, um, and I get to go make movies. Um, annoyingly enough, you still had electives that you had to take, like math and English and stuff. Guess who didn't do them? <laughs> well, I got out of most uh, two of them i got out of it because you could pa you could do a test i'm like i'm not doing fucking english i know the english language better than anybody i know like you know i'm not doing algebra like are you kidding me and so you could take like a pre-test and i just fucking because i always i knew everything like i just didn't care <laughs> so Basically, what happened in college is I met a, a, a you know group of people that it was really great um, that y'all just wanted to make movies and were from all over the world and different slices of life, and so um, um, I was always kind of the guy that everybody knew like or would just get shit done. The leader, I have na I'm a natural born leader. Like it's just an, in in me, you know. I just have to be doing something I'm passionate about, and so I decided to. Um, basically we should all make a movie you know i'd write it i just broke up with my girlfriend and um um was in a weird emotional place like had my dad you know, like kicked me out of the house you know what i mean like we got into we're not we fucking buttheads um and so um i was i was one semester away from graduating all set to be like four weeks four weeks to graduating and the dean pulled me in the office and he was like, um, sorry, you're not gonna graduate. I fucked up. And um, long story short, basically I still got to like walk and graduate or walk the, you know, cap and gown and all that BS with uh, with my guys, you know, with, with my the people I'd gone to school with the whole time. Um, but uh, I still had to come back for one class. And so I said, well, okay, well, I'm gonna take a semester off and then um, I'll come back and, and do one class. But in that semester, I got him to write me, basically give me full permission, free reign to all the gear, all the, like anything I wanted at any time. 
because um, he felt so bad. And so I used that opportunity and I took all that gear and I made my first movie. Uh, it's called Black and it never really released. Um, it's terrible. <laughs> it's It's got some stuff. It's got some stuff that I like. Um, but it, it, I, it was like it was that same and 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 once I make once I make a decision to go do something like I said it's like I need that one person just to say yes like I think it's a good idea and I'll go and I like I literally I'm unstoppable like and and I, I do whatever it takes to finish it so I finished the movie so it was like that same kind of feeling of high in high school of like I don't know anybody that's uh, made a feature film this is in Seattle you know what I mean like and we were in with like the production there was like this one big production house that they thought they were hot shit and they got all the top editors in town and stuff like that guess what they never made a movie <laughs> and are probably working at Jack in the Box now um fucking <laughs> I hated that group that you know what I mean cause it was like I don't know I just hated them but so I did it and then I took that movie and I, I moved to, I finally moved to LA and I lasted about a year. I should have stayed, but I didn't. I went back home, and this is this is this is you can, in this book I'm writing. You can, I get more detail, the more progressive. So, but I'm not going to touch on it too hard. But basically, long story short, I end up back in LA. I'm living in Hollywood. Um, I'm, I got the gusto again. I start working at this place, Baja Cantina, in Venice, and I meet Josh Boyer. <laughs> um, and I also met, uh, you know, it, it was just, we, we were young, we were in our 20s, and like everybody had some fire, and everybody wanted to be creative and make a movie, or you know, make movies and tell stories. And I saw the opportunity, and I went out and, and made my second movie, and that was Evidence. And that's a whole other story that, you know, <laughs> I can really get into, but long story short, Nothing happened from it, but I'd done it. I still, I still don't know. I still know very few people of my level and caliber right now of where I'm at in this career, like, and in my circle and pool, know somebody that's like written and produced and, and, and done an entire feature film and gone through and sold it and distributed and marketing and, and, you know, making the website and the Facebook page and the fuck. I, I, I don't know anybody that's done that. I mean, how many people have we met in Hollywood? I know, like, I know, like, Cruise, you know what I mean? Like there's there's six or seven, you know what I mean, or two or three. But like one person, like yes, I had help. Yes, I had help, but everybody was looking at me. If I didn't move and execute, nothing was going to happen. The movie would not get made. You know what I mean? So like, uh, like yes, I had um, incredible amounts of help. I couldn't have done it without everybody. But all of them couldn't have done it without that one person that just like fucking went and go, you know? Again, the leadership thing. Leaders are important, I guess. You know, as human beings, like if you're in a group, like I don't know, you just, we just all like have different strengths, and we, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to sound like arrogant or cocky or machismo or beat my chest or anything like that. Very far from it. I have in the past. I did for most of my life. That's kind of how I felt about myself, arrogant, you know, and stuff. Now I'm just happy that I'm alive and that's it you know and let's get into that let me tell you let me tell you why i am happy to be alive and what and how my life changed a year ago 
today. Basically, after evidence, um, you know, I went through whatever depression, not depression, not depressed, but like just a low time of like, I expected so much to come out of evidence and so much did not. I had very high expectations for it. I had a lot of eggs in one basket type thing, thinking I had, you know, made it, I'm the shit, um, and I was wrong. Uh, so I took a hit for a couple years. I uh, got married um, to Abby. We had our first kid. Yeah. Yeah, by the time she got pregnant and stuff, it, it started to... I started to f- f- feel a fire, you know what I mean? Like, I built my son's room, like, built an entire room. So that, like, you know, my mind was super occupied, you know, and and, and the, the thing is so fucking true. Physics, like, a body in motion requires less energy to continue in motion than it does to start. So once you start doing things, wake up, make the bed, wake up, fold your, you know, shirt or hang your shirt back up, you know what I mean? Like, just... Like, if you just do these little steps just to get the engine going, the train leaving the station, then the bigger ones, you're just going to go right and you're going to look at your chest, checklist and be like, oh, fuck, I got to edit this whole video. You know what I mean? Like, well, I've already done 12 things today. I feel good about myself. I feel like I'm on a roll. I'm going to go, I'm uh, going to attack it. <coughs> so I started to build up this momentum and... Um, basically just culminated i'll just get right to the chase of when josh entered the picture well i mean josh and i had been friends you know and and things like that but we hadn't really done you know much and it was like it was thanksgiving right yeah it was on thanksgiving 2016 and we were you know had eaten everything drinking you know and stuff and we were talking about our frustrations at the industry and stuff like that and i remember looking at you and saying like why don't we start a production company and we kind of like you know like yeah it's a good again is it a good idea i just need one of you to say you know you me and abby just like somebody said it's a good idea everybody said yes and abby was like we need like daniel who knows the gear and stuff i called daniel that night told him and he was like all right i'm in and that was it right And, and that was like the spark that was that's all i needed all i needed was somebody fucking yeah it's a good idea and i got your back all right i'm gonna fucking go with it so we had a very good first year in terms of, I mean, not financially or anything, but like in terms of like we did, we produced about five videos, I think, you know, short films. Like um, we went to AFM that year was a big, big, that's when we got the office. Like we pushed all the chips in um, and that was cool. Like coming around the corner and seeing Ryan Ryder Boyer Productions on the sign. I remember I was like, that's dope. You know, I'm proud of us. Oh yeah. Uh, we went to Sundance for the first year. I, ta- I called Josh a week before and said, hey, I think it's a good idea. We should probably go to Sundance because if we want to be with the big boys, we got to go where the big boys are. And I was right. It was a three-year investment, oh, yeah. you know, ROI. But you have a, go from one year of having no idea what we're doing to now we're on invite. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a uh, little um, advice for filmmakers go to Sundance <laughs> and go every year. Do, I mean, we scraped, we fucking drove out there. Like Josh found an Airbnb. He ponied up the money for it. Should out. I tell him the wine story? The oh, bottle of wine? Yeah. I'm going to tell you a funny story real quick. 
the first year at Sundance, Josh and I are like smoozing, like slipping 20s to dormant, like whatever we can to try to get in, just like get a taste and see what's going on and talking to everybody. And we met these really cool locals. They're like doctors or whatever and just had buttloads of money, but were super cool. And we played them in shuffleboard. And we were dominating the shuffleboard in that bar. Like everybody, people were coming up to us and we we're like, yeah, we'll play. And so we, we got to know them and they were like super cool. And then, um, so we're walking past, Josh and I are walking past this restaurant and it's like you, we, windows you can see inside and we see him sitting at the table and we're like, oh, let's go say hi. And you know, Josh and I were on our way to a different bar or whatever. And we come in, we're like, oh, we just want to say hi. And they're like, sit, sit, eat, drink. And there's like open bottles of wine all over the table, like a killer fucking steaks. And I'm like, are you sure? But it was so good. <laughs> I'm like, yes, and more, more, you know what I mean? And they're like, four more bottles of wine, four more bottles of wine. And literally probably ordered a dozen bottles of wine in the hour or so that we were there. Yeah. Oh, helicopter. Yeah, helicopter. Um, and so I'm like, and I felt bad because Josh was paying for everything, but I only, I, I think it had like 500 bucks in my account, right? And I was like, it's the right thing to do. Like, even though these, and these guys weren't producers, not filmmakers, they were locals, they were loaded, you know, but it was just, I don't know. I was like, I'm going to go buy one of those wine, you know, and so I like, I got to go to the bathroom, got the waiter, gave him my card, he runs it, comes in, and I'm thinking like, it's going to be a hundred bucks, you know, maybe, you know what I mean, with tip and stuff like that, and maybe it's like 40 to $80 bottles of wine. $222 and my heart fucking sank but I signed it and I did it and um, so that was the wine story anyway um, <laughs> so we went um, went we're, you know we're going to Sundance and all that kind of stuff AFM was a payoff technically yeah. y- you know what I mean we made contacts and, and imagine uh, you know what I thought about the other day what if we went with the other guys that were up north out of Vancouver with how things would turn would no. not Triple G. Yeah. Triple G. Um, <laughs> triple Malo. No. <laughs> uh, Name drop. Yeah. So um, so we had contact, like, w- like we were set to, like, co-produce, like, like people were on board with our shit. Like, they were, like, like the ideas and scripts and, and stuff, and we're like, holy crap, we're going to make our first feature film. And then it all happened. <laughs> and I got time. We're doing good, so let me tell you about that night real quick. Um, again, in my book, it's super detailed, super broke down, you know, detail well, heavy. everything, they're not going to buy the book. What's the point of that? I don't care. I just need, <laughs> I don't, I just need to get it out there. Um, so, months, or, uh, look, okay, I'll break it down like this. Something in me was was changed. I, I felt something. You know what I mean? Like, like something was off. I was getting these signs and signal, and I was like, my brain was on overload. Um, numbers, pattern recognition, that kind of stuff. You know, and I, um, I went crazy. Did you ever see? You came up there with Micah, remember? Oh, and that yeah. board. And I was like, I was trying to explain everything to you oh, well, guys, yeah, and he looked at me. Style. That's what you yeah, on yeah. Script, like right? I had a wall covered of post-it notes, and I'm like rapid fire and all this stuff, and they're looking at me like, what? And like, I, we're just trying to shoot a. I think I scared Micah. Episode. Oh, you definitely did. <laughs> and so, 
And I was like, they don't get it. They don't get it. And so what did I do? I decorated, you never saw my full office. I have video of it. know what it is but I was like I was like telling basically what I was doing Josh is I was telling a story like I took mm -hmm. the boxer and I outlined a fucking seven like each wall or each section was a different piece or actor you know and it had all these different characters reincarnating characters and it happened across space different space and time like one was set in the future one was set in the past one, you know what I mean like and it was all like current event it was like like this is this character is Trump this character is so you know what I mean this it was like very current like current state of the world like every, things that were happening and stuff like that I don't know if you heard recently but there, there's some shit going on um and I was like I was like I need to tell the story I need to tell the story because it's it's um what I'm meant to do like like the universe God whatever you want to call it is talking to me and like through my hand telling a story so I finally invited Daniel up, and I was like, "I got he'll understand." And he was like, "Dear fucking crazy." He's like, "You're being manic," and that was the first time I ever heard that. You know what I mean? Like anything bipolar, mentalism. Never even really thought about that, you know, before. I was like, "No, I'm just like passionate," you know. And so, what was that? So Daniel came up, and um. I tried to explain it to him, and, and and this by this point, like the for a week straight, Abby was like terrified of me, like afraid. What I was locking myself in my office and just fucking working, not sleep, waking up at midnight, working for three or four hours. You know what I mean? He's like, you gotta, you gotta stop for your fucking wife's sake. And so I tore everything down, um, and kind of calmed down a bit. And Daniel and I, I started putting my energy towards the movie that we're getting ready to do. And Daniel and I were working on the script. And it was a lot more positive. I was doing more of my Kid in the Canyon video. You know what I mean? Like, I was staying active and creative, but trying to do it in a more positive way. Um, and so, it was a Tuesday. Daniel came up to the house to work on the script for four or five hours. We did. It was we were a success. We, like we were, we knew where we were going. We felt good. We said, "Why don't we go to the fire pit, smoke some weed, drink some wine, and talk about you know our expectations for you know or w what projects we want to do and stuff like that." So that's exactly what we did. Cannon was asleep. Bruce and Sandy were in the hot tub. Abby was watching TV. Um, Daniel and I were outside and Daniel said how he wanted, he had this idea, he wanted to tell like this epic like, or do this, um, Game of Thrones style TV show, but about the story of David, the life of David, like David and Goliath from the Bible. And, um, I, and I was like, I only knew David and Goliath. And he's like, you don't know David's story. It's fucking crazy. It's epic. And I was like, no, tell me. And, and like, literally the last time my wife saw me sane, I came inside and I poured her a glass of wine. She was very, com you know what I mean? Kids, you know what I mean? She like, oh, I get to watch my TV show. Like, she she was happy. She was comfy. You want to refill wine, honey? Yeah. Oh, Daniel and I are just outside talking. Like, dead serious. Like, I'm, like, super calm and just happy. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, I get Daniel's going to tell me this story. And he starts telling it to me. And 
sh- like shit changed. Like it was. Um, I mean, the easiest way I can describe it is like um, when you hear that voice in your head, right? Your subconscious, whatever. You know what I mean? The voice in everybody has, you know, and they talk to themselves inside their head because everybody talks to themselves in their head, correct? Unless I'm really crazy. Um, like the the trust that you have for that voice in your head, that same trust. And you could tell, so like you could tell it's you, like you know, it's you you talking, but um, but it doesn't sound like your voice. I gotta put that. I gotta look at you. I can't. <laughs> I gotta see a face. It's hard not to look. Um. So like, but you have the same like, but it's it's significantly different. It's like the dif- difference between my voice and your voice. You know what I mean? Like everybody has a voice. Everybody's you know fingerprint. It's like it's that's me, but that's. This is what was happening. And it said, sit back, pay attention, listen, because what you're going to hear and what's going to happen to you tonight is very important. I'm going to tell you what you are meant to do on this earth And you're going to have to go, you're going to have to experience the most pain you've ever felt in your entire life. But there are others here for this night, for this moment. And I'm here. You're going to be safe. But you're going to have to get through it. Because you have a big purpose and a big responsibility in this life if you choose to accept this and not trying to sound like mission possible like literally you can say no it was very like you don't have to do this very you do not have to do this but you're gonna have to die and 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 come back you're gonna have to die you're gonna have to say yes to to me you're gonna have to give up And I fucking fought it. I thought about it. I thought the whole, the whole time. By by the way, Daniel's telling the story of fucking David, and and the story is completely relating to everything that I posted. That whole story, all the pieces were connecting, everything, and it was like, I do. I need to. I need to. The world needs to hear hear a story. Uh, you know that that you know for happiness. You know, just like it, it, like the responsibility, like the. The responsibility that I was getting, the the scope of it was like, holy fuck, like that's it, like it's gonna change the world. It's gonna change the world. You know, whatever it is I'm gonna do is gonna change the world. That's what it was telling me. And so I fought it, and I thought, I'm like, I'm never gonna see Abby again. I'm never gonna see my son. Fuck, I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I had a lot of things. Oh, like I wanted to make so many movies. The, oh, they'll they'll make. I mean, they're all written. You know what I mean? Somebody like if I fucking died that night you don't think one of my movies bury me wouldn't get fucking made and nominated for, and i'd get a fucking awesome you know what i mean at some point you know whatever like 
I thought about that and I thought about everything and I fucking said literally like with kind of this like almost chuckle like thing of like okay I'll do it and I went fucking crazy and I died like I stripped my clothes off thrown in the dirt and screamed at the top of my lungs take me take me take me I'm ready do it do it do it do it like I, I was because I was like I jumped you know what I mean and I was super super fucking scared but I was like I knew the responsibility I knew it was too big like I you know what I mean like that like changing the world like I was telling me that and so I said okay it, you know fucking but do it now do it now do it now and finally dude something just fucking snapped and it told me okay go to your son and I turned and by you know Daniel screaming you know I mean like trying to call me like what the fuck is going on and I ran inside and I went into my back office and I saw the door my office door and again you know the whole story and I and that above that door I always had family above the door because I would in in my office I would get crazy and be like you know out of this world type shit but when I walked out of that door out of my office and into the house and stuff you know like my family I needed to fucking reel it back I needed to hold it in until I could go and, and do it and so I like ironically chuckled I was like of course of course that's the door that that's that that's a sign and so I fucking just burst through it like Hulk smash dude like by the way Abby was just chilling on a Tuesday night drinking wine watching TV and her husband comes bursting through the fucking door naked um, it was fucking it was crazy so for the next like however hour long and again like super details I'm really tr I'm, I'm writing in the book I'm writing this part right now it's not easy because I want to try to include everything like every thought because by the way I remember everything that I did and everything that happened it's not like I blacked out or anything that's the scary fucking part is like and I was like multiplying you know like stop time and shit like that and by the way I've never done a hard drug in my entire life Josh back me up I am not yeah, a fucking yeah. drug dude we like smoke do it, weed you, and you drink a lot of yeah it's very uncomfortable for me um sell it no. <laughs> um <laughs> um yeah I got time huh? okay. so um so where was I at Oh, so so basically the next like four or five hours, like the details of that are you know laid in the book that, that you can go read. I'm plugging hard for the book. Right. I think and it's gonna be released. I think I'm gonna self-publish it on Amazon, by the way. Um, just to yeah, fucking stick yet? it to it. Yeah, it's called My Black Angel. That's what I was trying to get at. Oh, My Black Angel. Because <laughs> you're gonna try to look up your book and be like, I don't even know what it's called. He keeps trying to talk about. Yeah, book. look up the hashtag My Black Angel. I'm actually every day I work on it. I post a photograph on Instagram and wherever else um, with the hashtag my black angel um, or go to Rhino Rider that's I'm sponsoring this this episode <laughs> Rhino Rider um, so like the next few hours you know laid out long story short man I ended up in a double handcuffed um, to a gurney naked being wheeled out of my house um, spewing like just the craziest fucking shit and 
it was Sandy's birthday, and Abby, this is the best. Like, pulling me out, and Abby, Sandy, and Bruce are all sitting there. Uh, Sandy and Bruce are our neighbors and best friends. You're like, uh, yeah, amazing. Um, they're all three standing there, and Abby watches me, her husband, get wheeled out as I'm, you know, and she looks at the time, and it's like, it's like midnight. And she realizes it's Sandy's birthday, and she turns to Sandy and goes, Happy birthday, Sandy. <laughs> like, that right there, like, if you get that, that's Abby. Like, yeah. that her fucking, her personality is so funny. Um, and then, you know, like, no insurance. Like, everybody thought it was bath salts and OD. Like, shrooms. Like, nobody, you know what I mean? And so, like, I was kicked out on the streets at, like, 6 a.m. and had to call Abby. Can you come pick me up? Like, no clothes or anything, you know what I mean? Like, fucking shaking like physically zero so i mean from literally that moment on i it hit i like to say it hit the reset button on knowing having any fucking clue of who i was who ryan mccoy was at 36 years old you know for 36 years of my life like thinking i was this other person and you know and all that stuff and then had everything everything stripped out like gave it all away and then was left with nothing. And so then I just started like finding who I was. I wrote, I wrote six screenplays in less than a year. Yeah. I edited a book, 300 something page book. I mean, the creativity went off the fucking charts, like out of fucking control. And it really hasn't slowed down or stopped to this day. And I don't see it ever will because I've discovered me. I've found who I am. I've found my voice and what I want. I, I, I also have a duty to listen to that voice from that night. I can't not. I can't not. Like, it, it, you know, and doctors who, anybody in the world, anybody in the world can say whatever they want you know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's like, whatever they want, like, about, oh, no, no you're bipolar, you're crazy, you're manic, da, 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 mood, oh, that was a new one, mood disorder or something, you know what I mean? Like, there's a million of it. Bottom line, we don't fucking know. We just know everybody's got shit going on in their head. Mine happens to be wired off. You know, I'm not like a lot of people. I think that can be viewed from my content I'm posting on YouTube. Um... <laughs> But uh, I can't not listen to that voice. What if it's right? That's what I just say. What if? What if it's right, dude? Well, it, n no, it's impossible. It's too no, no. It's a, what if it's right? Like you weren't there. You didn't experience or hear. You know what I mean? So like, so I can't. I so like doctors, whatever. It's like I can't take anyone's opinion because nobody else was up here that night. So, you know, a handful of people physically saw me, so I can go back and talk about it all you want. And same thing, man, I just see it in people's fucking eyes that don't, you know, think I'm full of shit. That's like, oh, it was probably bass out, you know, oh, you were smoking weed, that, you know, or drink, you know what I mean? Like, no, people, <laughs> like, I was like crawling around like the exorcist, like on the kitchen floor. It was insane. Um, so, so that's, that's, this, and then I guess this will sum up the episode nicely. That's my why. That's my why. What if that voice is right?
I can't shake it. I can't get it out of my head. I can't ever forget it. And it's so vivid and so detailed. And it happened one night. You know what I mean? Never happened before in my life. And I don't think it's ever, it ever will. I'm, I'm medicated. You know, this knocks me out at night, which is great. Like, I'm super regimented. I'm, you know, as, as regimented as I can be. I'm like, this is a year away. A year from today. A year. A year from this moment. Right now. Well, you know, we're recording a couple weeks early. But, like, uh, <laughs> but a year from when this comes out, I have zero. Did, I mean, you, the only time, the closest interaction Josh saw was like, we met with, I only saw Daniel once after that night, by the way. I broke him. I broke him for good. Yeah. But we went to your house to meet. Daniel showed up at my house the next day. Remember, I was, it was fucking, it was like, I was super PTSD from it. The cops showed up like a couple weeks afterwards, like the fucking neighbors called them because they heard screaming. It turned out to be this other And I was alone at night and I just put can in bed and I was like just sitting down to relax and have a cocktail. And like, I was feeling good about myself. Like you're getting stronger, Ryan. Like I could just literally feel myself physically and mentally getting stronger. And they showed up because they thought, you know, cause the neighbors called and I was, Bruce and Sandy weren't there. I fucking super PTSD. Dude, if I were black, I would be dead for sure. You know, like, I mean, that's just a fact. Like, you know what I mean? Like, any number of things. Like, I, like, went at a cop that when one of the ones that he was being a dick. And I was like, do you want me to, like, fucking go, brother? Like, <laughs> I have a bit of a temper. <laughs> um, but, like, um, I cried all night for three or four hours. I fucked because I was so pissed. I was so pissed that, like, I, it was a weakness. You know what I mean? Like, I was feeling so good and feeling so positive, And that happens. And it crumbled me again. It brought me right back to that moment. So PTSD, I fully understand. Like, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, going, reliving a moment like that, uh, such a traumatic moment, I, I completely I get it. I completely, I mean, I fucking broke down. And Abby was at work. It was by myself. I was like, I like dropped down to zero again. But, uh, you know, in, in a year, I've turned it around. And, and so, you know, I'm going to end it there and just... Yeah, we're a little over an hour. That's yeah. fine. I'm just going to end it there with this and say, look, I'm really glad I finally got this out of the way. I don't want this. I don't want to get this deep on this show ever, but it's just, I got to say, I got to say it. If I just started a fucking podcast that's bashing Hollywood, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's going to, I got to give some context. And so now at least it's on record. This is episode one. So, if, you know, somebody might pick up on episode 10. I'm like, what the fuck? How's this? You know, like go back and listen to episode one listen you know hear my story get it out and then and then future episodes i'm just i'm going to really break down my opinions on 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 hollywood and the industry and when i say i want it to crumble it's because it has to and it's because it's what i was told to do <laughs> you know josh you got anything no i'll be around uh i think they put it quite well all right that's it. Um, normally, I'm going to try to do like a movie suggestion or something like that. You know, I got a poster, King Kong, the original 1933 Black and White King Kong. It's one of my top 10 favorite movies ever. If you haven't seen it or seen it in a long time, please go back and watch it and just see the ambition. I mean, see what those guys did. 1933 is incredible. Like, incredible. 1933, like, there were barely cars on the road, weren't there? Or maybe, no, there, 1933 was like, it was after World War One. But you know what I'm just saying? It's just like, you watch the innovation, the creativity, it's so fucking inspiring. 
it's a well-told story. Um, in the meantime, um, go make a movie. That's Rhino Rider out. Later, like it.